Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and Gen X types from a left-wing perspective. It is Friday, June 28th, 2019. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And we just watched uh, two nights of debates. Um, yes. Rachel watched them both in full. I watched um, the, the second, second one. We mm-hmm. watched. We both watched the second one in full. The uh, first one I only saw bits and pieces of. I watched it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And the second one we watched together. Um, and. And we're going to give you our thoughts, impressions, and uh, yeah. tell you what we thought. Now, the interesting thing, and we need to always remember this. Uh, about debates when we watch them is that um, everybody has their own perception of how they went and who won and who lost. And and we're discovering that today with you telling me all the people in your life, their impressions. Um, It's fascinating. And we get stuck in that, right? Because we always watch the spin immediately after and MSNBC, their little panel declares, well, this person won and this person lost and this was the zinger. And like everybody gets their own thing out of it. And, and the media does right. sort of craft for people who are like, I'm not really sure what I watched. And then they like, turn on, well, Kamala Harris won. And they're like, I guess Kamala Harris won. And right. like, it's a self sort of fulfilling thing. But let- I think there are a couple of things we can all agree about, which is the first debate, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren got put on kind of the kid stage. Uh, it was a better debate, I think, than the one la- the last night. Um, but I think she won just there's no arguing that I don't mm-hmm. know anybody that thinks that she didn't do the best job um, she spoke the fourth uh, low like so they, they did this this thing where they like who spoke the most and who spoke the least y- yeah she was number three um, <laughs> we're just edging out Chuck Todd Chuck Todd was number four the <laughs> fucking moderator Chuck Todd's not running by the right. way so the moderator spoke Almost as much as the front runner of the Democratic primary, which is a problem. Uh, but she did great. Um, and most of the people that I know that watched it also thought that Julian Castro really had some breakout moments. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, as far as second night goes, um, for me, it was absolutely, um, I guess Harris had kind of the biggest moments. Um, yeah, I want to I, I, I talk I really, about that a little bit. I really want to talk about her and why I, I'm so reluctant to support her. But anyway, continuing in what we were saying, everybody takes something different from it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um, and especially people who are not in the Democratic Party, <laughs> sort of what they took from it was interesting as well. But where do you want to start? Um. I, let, let's start chronologically, right? Um, let's start with... Uh, with Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. So, Wednesday was Elizabeth Warren's night. Um, the big people that she ran up against were Cory Booker and Julian Castro. Um, there was a bunch of other folks on the stage. Delaney guy that I don't remember who he is is still... Um, he's like fighting for the centrist vote, I guess, which is like, okay. Um, Inslee from Washington, uh, Mayor de Blasio from New York, which was like, you're okay. So why is he running? I don't know, but he kept yelling. 
He kept like cutting in and yelling. That's a very New York thing. So at least he was, you know, playing yeah. to type. Yeah. Right. But like the things he were saying were like nothing that anyone else wasn't also saying. So it was sort of just like, can you stop talking, please? Um, Inslee, I think really is like an issue candidate. Like he's from Washington and he's really liked in his state. Um, I did not he, like the way he came across at all. He really wants to talk about climate change. Which is fine, but he, in the clips I watched, he, yeah. he came across as a hectoring, yeah. badgering, grumpy yes. old man. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I have to say, Elizabeth Warren, like, my heart is with her in every possible way that it could be. Um, and at no point was she cut off by a moderator. She absolutely held to the standards that they asked her to hold to <laughs> which doesn't account for doesn't score points with many people no I but i think it's interesting right that like she was asked to do a thing and she did exactly that thing she's a professor and she, the, not the, a single person ever cut her off yeah not a single person ever said ma'am you have gone on too long mm-hmm. not at no point was someone like you know Senator Warren, like, it's time. No, she was like, here's what I have to say. I've timed it so that I can say it in exactly this amount of time. And I've said it in exactly this amount of time. And now I'm done saying it. And it was done. She is. She's the best. Uh, Julian Castro, though, I I will say, uh, had some really shining moments for me. He talked about um, reproductive justice and not reproductive rights. Which is the huge thing. Yeah. Right? Because when you talk about reproductive justice, what you're talking about is how the rights of people who can get pregnant intersect with all of the other things, right? Economic concerns, um, all of the things that, that come into play, we're not just talking about abortion. We're talking about reproductive justice. And that is, like him signaling that was really like, a huge, a huge moment for me. I was like whooping and clapping at the at the television. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did a little misstep. He talked about um, while he was talking about reproductive justice, he talked about trans women's need to get abortions, um, and that is not a thing. Yeah, he um, probably meant trans men. He did, and the trans community came out and said, "Like, thank you for centering us in this conversation where no one asked you mm-hmm. to do that." And you misstepped. And he came out today and said, like, hey, I misstepped on this. Um, this is what I meant. The trans community has told me, obviously, like, this is what I meant. And and I've, I'm sorry. And, like, he had this tremendously lovely thing to say about, like, how he misstepped and he was sorry and this is what he meant and, and how um, he was grateful for the trans community for stepping in and educating him. Um, and I loved everything about it. Uh, I loved everything about his entire time on the stage. I thought he was just, you know, everything you'd want. I don't think he's ready to be the president, but I think he would be an exceptional vice president is how I feel about that. Cory Booker did okay. I expect more from him just because yeah, I follow he, him he, so closely. He was one of our early favorites. He is one um, of my favorites because I just... I just have been following him for so long and I like him so much. And he just, he has never found his footing in this campaign. Um, I, I don't know what it is. He, he, you have seen him in person. 
speak. Yeah, yeah, I've met him. We yeah. have we have both seen him, and this is just my <clears throat> perception. When he's just Cory Booker being Cory Booker, he comes across and gets his God, personality and message across so much better than any time he's been candidate Booker. Do you feel the same way? I don't. I, I don't think that's true in terms of like for mayor or for senator. Uh, but certainly on the the presidential stage, I think that he was not Cory Booker. Yeah. On Wednesday, he was uh, some version of Cory Booker that like someone told him to be. Uh, yeah, I think he's got too many advisors and spin doctors yeah, just yeah. Uh, trying to polish him and pump him up, and I think he's lost the sense let, of himself. Just let him be him, man. He's so good when he's just him. And that's a common mistake for first time candidates, yep. right? Absolutely. I mean, like, okay, absolutely. You guys have been doing this fifty years. Tell me what to do. There. Okay, can we talk about the meme that's going to happen, though? So, this debate was partly uh, sponsored by Telemundo. And so... Everybody who could speak a little Spanish. on in the debate, Beto, first time he gets to talk, right? Beto, by the way, um, flailed and lost every momentum he ever had. He's done. He's not ready for prime time. He's done. He should hang it up and start his Senate race tomorrow. He should go back to running for Senate, which he's very good for in Texas. He's not ready to be the president. So the first thing he does when he's asked a question is speak in Spanish. Doesn't telegraph he's going to do it. Doesn't say anything about it. Just starts speaking really badly in Spanish. And there's this... (laughs) The the shot is of him speaking in Spanish, but Cory Booker is like two podiums down. And so... I was watching his face. His face of, it's just like, what the fuck are no, you doing? No one told me this was What are happen. you doing? I mean, his face is perfect. It's just like, oh, God, this is terrible. Turns out later, Cory Booker does the same thing. So maybe it was like, <laughs> you're stealing my thunder. That's I'm not right. sure. That was the look like, but, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting somebody else to do that. But he just looked at him like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. the meme is like, oh, my God. Right? Because yeah. that's how I felt. I was like, oh, Beto. Stop. It's, it's obvious pandering, right? Yes. Like you introduce yourself. It's like I, you could say something like, and I've seen this before, like this debate I also understand is on Telemundo, which is great. And then you say a little thing in Spanish. Yes. Right? But you address it first. Yeah. They ask you a question and you just answer it in Spanish without any, and bad Spanish kind of like, you just like, you know, not, not good. You sounded a little bit like, I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to speak Spanish a little bit. It was very bad. Um, and everyone was just horrified. And then he yeah, finished he just, that and then he yeah. said his thing in English. And Beto, I have to say, uh, was the was the absolute like, no. He like he just looked bewildered the entire time. Mm-hmm. He looked like, I thought people liked me. Why don't <laughs> why what is happening? I yeah. thought people loved me. Um and look, you know, I was a huge fan of Beto when he was running against uh, you know, Ted Cruz. I, I thought he was really, really good running for Senate. I'm still in a Texas. fan of Beto. I didn't think it was time to run but for president. But it's not time for him to run for president. Yeah. It just isn't. And he made that very clear on Wednesday. And when I was talking to people who watched the debate, almost ex- everyone said, like, oh, Beto. He looked like he was supposed to be at the kids' table and was at the adult table, and he really didn't know what he was doing. He didn't answer any questions with any sort of substance. He looked confused. He looked bewildered. He looked just like, I'm not, I'm out of my league here. And he was out of his league. Um, Yeah, so like, I mean, I I really enjoyed the debate on Wednesday. 
think Elizabeth Warren just knocked it out of every park that could happen. And when I was watching it on Thursday, which we're going to talk about next, I just kept thinking, like, Elizabeth Warren still. Like, nobody mm-hmm. on Thursday compelled me to not want to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Well, that's not the spin that, you know, the MSNBC crowd and Twitter has, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's kind of go down the list from the first night first. So okay. we talked about Booker. We talked about Warren. We talked about Beto. Amy Klobuchar, she do her no, say anything that was interesting? Oh, my God. No, she was awful. She was awful. She <laughs> okay. was just like, I, I wouldn't say she looked bewildered. She tried to like land some punches which went really badly mm. and so she just didn't like she just kept trying to like be the hit squad and like it just landed bad and yeah. so she just looked like an asshole which is bad because we already think of her as an asshole <laughs> so it's like oh you're yeah we've, bad we've talked about this. her and her staff yeah and the person i was watching it with melanie shout out hi um was like super sensitive to it, which rightfully so. She was like, well, you say she's an asshole to her staff. Like, what about the men? And I'm like, no, I know. Like, this is a thing that I'm super sensitive to also. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And like, here's what I'm saying. Like, she throws bottles at people. You know? Like, she, she literally th- hurls things at her employees. So like, this is not about sexism. This is about, she's so terrible to her employees that she cannot retain people that are good. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I've said all along about her is like, she might be great, but if she can't get it together with her employees and she can't keep good people on her staff, then she can't be an effective president. Well, well, look, she's a fine senator from what I understand, from what I know of her record. Um, Not all the good, good senators need to run for president and I remember everybody assumed Sherrod Brown was going to run for president Sherrod Brown said I don't need to run for president I'm going to do my job here in the Senate and I wish more, more people, more of these would, people do that. would do that um, and Sherrod Brown is just one example there's there's many right. others but Amy Klobuchar did not do herself any favors I think she should drop out I mean she didn't she will I mean she, she sort these of people tried. are going to run out of money quick I mean they, you know here's the thing like Wednesday night was the B list, if we're being honest, except Elizabeth Mostly. Warren. And there were some interesting B listers last night too. We'll get to there that. were for sure. And God, we should talk about them. We will. <laughs> but it was really Elizabeth Warren's night, and it, she made it hers, and she made it shine. But people like Klobuchar, who everyone was like, maybe is like no, like she didn't do herself any favors. She didn't stand out. Mm-hmm. She sort of seemed like an asshole, not as much as Kirsten Gillibrand uh, on Thursday night, but um, just like, n- like n- no, I don't know. No? Just yeah. no thank you, I guess, for her? How? Um, go ahead. Who else? Was John there? Delaney. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So, like, no. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> just no. He just keeps talking, and he's, like, trying to be centrist. Mm-hmm. In a room or like, read the fucking room, man. Well, it's a base election. Yeah. And like, he's playing to David every Brooks. Every time they, I guess. yeah, him and David Brooks probably have had coffee. David Brooks, by the way, wrote a New York Times opinion piece. <laughs> yeah, we have to woo him. Don't, don't make me not vote for him. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Vote for John Delaney then. I don't care. You know what David Brooks reminds me of? Like, you, you throw a party, right? And then you you purposely don't invite 
the guy in your office, like, oh, I really don't want David. We'll just use his name, David, at the party. Like, he's, right. no, don't, don't, don't let David know. This is just a little get together. And then David shows up, Ugh. and he brings a and six pack like, of cheap oh. beer. And then he's like, Hey, man, this party kind of sucks. If you don't play some Dave Matthews, I'm leaving. And everyone's just like, <laughs> Yeah, could you? That'd be great. If you could take your fucking Michelob Ultras and go, we would be fine with that. Who no, nobody invited like, you, David? Nobody Brooks. invited you, and nobody cares if you leave. You know, can I, I'm just going to jump in and say this. We, after these debates, you've had, like, it's, it's a base election, and yes, the party's moving to the left, and we're talking about universal health care and how to get there and taxing the rich and all the things they hate. And you got Max Boot and David Brooks and uh, Jeb Bush out there saying, oh, hey, don't mess this up, Democrats. And we're like, go fuck yourself. You look, elected Trump. Listen, I know it seems like ancient history, but we won two presidential elections back to back very easily with you assholes firmly on the other side. We don't need you. No. We do not need you. No. He's making the argument that the country's a third, a third, a third, and so if you lose the one third that's moderate and centrist, then we lose the election and Donald Trump wins, and it's like, look, motherfucker, your party, you people, put this man in place. So but don't talk to me about how we can be... Do not talk... If I were to listen to you... It would never win an election ever again. <laughs> Trump is getting so, slaughtered with independence right Shut now. the fuck up. Nobody cares what you have to say. I don't want to listen to you. And John Delaney is just like this He's boring them, fucking... Yeah, he is. He's just this boring white guy who was like, we should maybe like bring it back a little bit. And I'm like, stop talking to David Brooks. <laughs> so yeah, he was out for sure. Okay. Uh, Tulsi, oh my God. So they ask her about the LGBTQ question. Right, because she has a checkered history. With, with she that. hates me and thinks that I have an extremist homosexual agenda. She has said that. Yes, she grew up in a cult. She uh, hates Islamic people. She's tight with uh, Putin and Assad. Yes, which is weird. Okay, so no, I was talking to a coworker though today. And she was like, I like that lady from Hawaii. And I was like, no, no, you don't. And she was like, why? And I was like, no, you do not. Literally just Google Tulsi Gabbard and come talk to me. And then they did. And they were like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, no, don't don't look at the pretty packaging. She's a fucking garbage person. And when she was asked about LGBTQ things, she was like, I have a strong history of supporting LGBTQ yeah, rights. And I it's like, that. you can just fucking lie. You can lie. But that's not true. Right? That's not true. You despise me and think that I have an extremist agenda that you are against. Somebody else posted on fucking Facebook today, like, Bernie Tulsi 2020. And I was like, <laughs> I can't. Why are you my friend? Oh, my God. And I can't even, Dude, like, we're not even that close Facebook. that I'm like, oh, God. But someone else asked me, so why is she running? Right? If she's a Bernie person, what's she doing? And I was like, it's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, maybe she's a Russian rat fucker, maybe, but she doesn't even have enough support for that. I mean, she's. They barely ask She's polling at what? 0.5%? She had to be at least at 1%, but she's. They barely asked her any questions. She barely got time to speak. The only thing they asked her about was the LGBTQ stuff, and she answered dishonestly Mm -hmm. and. Uh, her closing statement was very bland. So, like, I have nothing to say other than she should just 
not exist. The Russian trolls tried to pump it up uh, that night that she, that she won the debate and drugged. She didn't even she talk. Won. I know it's it's obviously it's who's every time fool? every time she talked it was so funny. Uh, Melanie, who I was with, just she would just be like, every time she was given the opportunity, she'd be like, well, I was in the military, therefore, and she was just like, ugh. <laughs> and I was like, right? Like, every time it was like, well, I served, and like, that gives her the credence to be like, therefore, I get to hate Islamic people because I served in the military and right. fought in a war, therefore... I'm able to say that like all Islamic people are bad and terrorists and it's like no 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 that's not a thing that you get to say just because you killed some of them like fuck yourself that's not who we are as a party that's not who I am as a person that's not who I will support for president ever uh, we talked about Julian Castro you know I've been you know yeah, this big Tim advocate Ryan for guy, him I, I, well, well no he had the biggest breakout of the whole night Julian I mean, Castro yeah he yeah. was he was extraordinary yeah you I know mean, I, I've been I've been a big Castro supporter and I think he's will hopefully be on everybody's shortlist for VP that's exactly what I said yeah it's like he's a really good candidate for VP yeah um, or if this doesn't work out maybe it's time for him to run for Senate yeah I mean, he's great. He was so good. He was so good. And like, yeah, he's an, he's he an up, had the best answers. You know. I told everybody like, you know, that you were from San Antonio mm-hmm. and like that he used to come to all the things and like come to all yeah. the shows. He's and the like, real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's beloved in his state and he had really, really good things to say. In his about hometown. I, I don't know. Outside of, of Austin well, and San Antonio. But at the crisis at the border, he had really good things to yeah. say. He had really good things to say about reproductive justice and not reproductive rights. He had really good things to say about everything he was asked. I mean, he like, he was a standout for sure. Tim Ryan, I saw the clip mm. of him saying that... I don't know. The par- the party is the party of the coastal elites and Harvard, and we have to be the collar of... We have to be the party of blue collar, and it's like, well, you're just perpetuating that myth, repeating this shit. Like, all the Republican think tanks and gross senators like Ted Cruz are from Harvard, okay? And they all have houses on the coast, so... I mean, stop perpetuating I, I literally that don't remember him talking. Well, that's what he said, basically. I mean, literally, like, he would talk and we would just fall asleep because it was like, what are you saying? Oh, that? No. I mean, his message isn't terrible. He's right that, you know, we have lost the the blue-collar Midwestern types, but that's because they love the racist shit, you know? And we're not going to be the party of racists ever. And we're not going to bullshit them like the Republicans do and say we're going to rebuild the factories and then never do it. No, he was just, he was very, like, I forgot he was there. That's... My takeaway. Bill I forgot he was there. Bill de Blasio. Just kept fucking talking. <laughs> yelling and talking. He wasn't wrong about some things, but like, he just, he's this tall white man who feels very entitled to other people's time. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. that's what it felt. And listening to the black community... Uh, they feel very strongly that he uses his black family as leverage oh, yeah. when he needs to yeah. and doesn't actually give a fuck about black people. These are coming from native New Yorkers uh, that just feel like he can basically like suck a brick. Yeah, he is very, very wildly unpopular right now. Not enough that I think they'll ever... You know, bring in another Republican mayor. <laughs> but um, he but is... Basically, any Democrat could... I think he has the right, highest. Right, marry him, and like anyone would win. Maybe, but he has the highest unfavorables 
of any candidate in the race. I, I don't I don't understand at all why he's running. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, we talked about Inslee. You know his. Yeah, I think he's a single is, issue candidate. He's really just talking about climate change. And but his delivery sucks. He, well, some people were impressed with him. I was not. I feel like, and this is a thing that has happened with the women that I know, is that overall um, men yelling was just not a thing we were really into. So if you were a man yelling either night, it was just like, stop. Um, and he did a lot of that. And like, I'm, I appreciate that he's in this race to talk about climate change. We should be talking about that, and that's great, but like, just the yelling over people and yelling about things. Some people have different opinion about this. Some people really liked his his whole thing and I'm just not one of them I just was like okay it's a white guy yelling at me uh-huh. uh, it, it just doesn't it just it did not have the intended effect I think that he wanted and other people can disagree with me you know and, and, I'm, and I'm really glad that he is passionate about climate change and I like the things he has done on climate change and his ideas but that's hardly unique anymore the, the, the problem isn't that we, we need more Democrats who care about climate change the problem is we need Republicans out of power so we can do Something, something about it. About it. Yeah, it's not like yeah. we need Inslee to be a climate change savior. Well, at this exactly. Point. I mean, you know, there are people who run as one issue candidates because they want to bring something to the forefront that no one is talking about. That's generally how one issue candidates work in presidential yeah. elections. Yeah, which is why I like that Andrew Yang is running. Yeah. Even though I don't know how long he's going to last. Right. We'll talk about him in a minute. But like, there are things that we should be talking about that no one's going to talk about. You're right. not actually going to be president. Nobody thinks you are. But you're talking about this one thing that no one else is talking about. Climate change is not that thing. Not anymore. No. It's a major issue in every debate. We yeah. talk about it for a third of the debate. We have every person chime in on it. It's, yeah. it's not a thing that our party is not recognizing. And so for him to be like this one issue candidate about it is sort of like disingenuous. It's like, yeah, I know. Well, it's not disingenuous. It's just I don't think it's going to help him. Well, and he's not going to be the nominee. He's just not. Right. Right. He's not a bad guy. You know, he's not. He's fine. He's fine. But he's not he's not gonna be the the nominee. So let's talk about Thursday. Okay, so, so you and I watched this together. Yeah, um, we had a lot of thoughts. Where, where do you want to start? Well, let's talk about. Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, so it's like the people that MSNBC thinks are going to be the nominee, right? So it's Biden, Sanders. Harris and Buttigieg yeah. are all on a stage together. Yeah. And everyone else is sort of like, mm. We'll talk about our two Colorado right? boys. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Who but, did not, uh, did not uh, disappoint us with our expectations. <laughs> Twitter's reaction to them was hilarious. But. Uh, uh, can, I, can I start with uh, talking please. about Kamala? Yes. Here's what happened with Kamala. Kamala Harris, I, I, I went back today and watched all of, basically all her talking, all her, mm-hmm. and she was really, really effective at going after Biden on certain things and yeah. counterpunching on certain things. Yeah. But all in all, like her platforms and her ideas and everything else is just basically everything everybody else said. And I don't even think her delivery on all those things was even exceptional. What people saw with her going after Biden was like, oh man, would I love to see her 
go, go rabid pit bull on Trump, right. and we know she can and will do it, and that is why everybody's buzzing about her today. Right. It's not even that she, you know, hit Biden for his questionable uh, stuff on race in the past. Let's it's, call him a racist. It's it's not for. Uh, you know, her fact that she had all these amazing ideas on, on healthcare and no. the environment. Like she said all the same shit everybody else did basically on those issues. Um, it, it was that they projected the way she went after Biden very effectively and followed up and counterpunched and cross-examined him, which she should be able to do, obviously being a prosecutor. And we'll get to that in a second. Um you know, and they envisioned her doing that to Trump and it got yes. everybody very excited. Right. And I understand that. Right. And can I tell you something? Yeah. So a lot of white folks out there are feeling like they maybe have to support Kamala Harris because she's a black lady. Okay. And it would be racist if they didn't. And I had a very interesting conversation with a black woman that's a very good friend of mine today about her. And she said the thing that I've been feeling for a while, which is Kamala Harris is a black woman and she may be and is probably subject to a lot of racism right now because she's running for president. And also... She is one of the arbiters and and proponents of and people that hold up the system of racism within the criminal justice system in such a way, not only as a prosecutor, but also as attorney general, that she maintained that hierarchy and that racism and, and perpetuated it in mm-hmm. such a way that she is just as problematic as Joe Biden. And so if you are thinking that you can't be against Kamala Harris because she's a black woman and that might make you racist, then what you're doing is tokenizing a black woman and not really talking about the issues that plague the black community and law enforcement and the ways in which the prosecutors and the attorney general and law enforcement in general treat the black community mm-hmm. and treat black men specifically and black people specifically. And she's a part of that. And that's just the facts. That's just, that's just a fact. Yeah. And she, and so yeah. it's not, it's not okay to be like, well, I support her because she's a woman of color. No, this particular woman of color used white supremacy to hurt the black community in really specific and really find outable ways, right? If you look yeah. at her record, she did that. And so it's not a thing about, I need to support women of color. What you're doing then is you're saying the women of color who are actually doing the work of anti-racism and anti-police brutality and, and all of that work, you're erasing them because you're saying that this one black woman even though she has a history of upholding all of these systems, you're going to support because she's black and she's a woman. Yeah. You're erasing the work of the actual black women on the ground who are doing the good work of trying to combat police brutality and police racism and all of the things that we talk about so often. So now, yeah, let's, let's mention the fact that she did go out of her way to try to talk about the, all the things she did to try to mitigate that 
The problem is she's working within the system that is inherently racist. But it's not just that she's working within that system. She used that system intentionally to create serious problems. Like, she didn't just... Like, there are a lot of public defenders who work within the system Mm -hmm. who do not use that system to brutalize black people. I know, but I think my point is, as a prosecutor, how is it even avoidable as a prosecutor in the system? That's the whole thing, right? Yes. As a prosecutor, there's a thing called nole prosecue, which is you get to decide what cases you indict people on what charges you hold people on what what you as a prosecutor you have almost the most power other than a judge of any person in the legal justice system you have the power to charge someone or not charge someone and the only time you have the power to decide what that charge is and the only time they don't prosecute is when the defense has it's a cop or a white collar criminal with a powerful enough a professional defense team that it's going to be too big a pain in the ass and too expensive for you. Correct. Or if it's a rape victim who's like maybe got a dodgy past. Right? Yeah. I mean, look, this is look, a this, this is a problem is not, for Harris. This is it's a problem for it, her for, and it should be a problem hold on. for her. For us it's a problem. For some other for many Americans it's not going to be a problem. This is why MSNBC every night on the shows we watch and love are still drive us crazy because they have their parade dick swing and parade of former prosecutors that, you know, Hayes and Maddo and, and Lawrence get down and grovel at the feet of. Yep. Like but we aren't cool with it. And the one counterpunch that Biden had that that we loved but most yes. people don't are just went right over their heads was when he turned around I and was said, a public defender, hey, I was not a public a prosecutor. defender and you were a fucking prosecutor. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Because what she did is she became a prosecutor and went after her own community. There are multiple cases on file on record that you can look at where it is very clear that a black man was charged, prosecuted and convicted of a crime that he clearly did not commit. Mm-hmm. And as the prosecutor and later as the attorney general of California, she fought tooth and nail every fucking step of the way to make sure that person stayed incarcerated, even though there was overwhelming evidence that that person was innocent. And nobody on the campaign trail. That is what she did as a prosecutor and as the attorney general, because that is what they do. Yes. And I'm sorry, but that is not excusable. It's, and it's yeah, the she same did great. Cop mentality. And yeah, she was great. She did great. She fucking went after him, and she should. And she he's called a him fucking, to test for the busing. Thing, he's a piece yeah. of shit. She's a piece of shit. So they can go after each other all day long. But I will not throw my support behind someone who chose to be a prosecutor and chose to use that position. Right. So, like, here's an example. Recently, the. Uh, the newest attorney general of, I think, not attorney general, so uh, head DA of somewhere in California came out and said, here are the crimes that we are no longer going to charge people with. Low level amounts of marijuana, mm-hmm. any other drugs, sex work. Um, oh, it was New York. Uh what do they call it? Fair evasion, right? Mm-hmm. So if you jump over the turnstile, right, you can yeah. get arrested for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's not going to charge people with that. 
cops are not allowed to. Her literal entire prosecutorial force not allowed to they, charge they people can, with they that. They can still give you a ticket for it. No, she's literally yeah. saying like we're not doing it. We're but not going to go not after arrest people for charge, it. arrest or prosecute people for the following crimes. Yeah. And it's all low-level bullshit stuff that disproportionately affects people of color. Yeah, hold on. If you're, York, cops, if, if you're in New York, though, you can still get a citation and it'll this cost This is you in money. Queens. So yeah. actually, no, I remember now it's in Queens. So she's running to be the head, the DA in Queens. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, as the head of the, the prosecution, the DA's office in Queens, these are the things we're not going to charge people with. Mm-hmm. DAs and prosecutors have a tremendous amount of power, is what I'm saying. And she is saying, like, we're just not going to do this anymore. Because what this is, is a means by which to incarcerate black people. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. To say, well, you had a little bit of marijuana, therefore I'm going to do all of these things. And now you're going to be charged with, you know, resisting arrest and all of these things. And it just, the carceral state is is against black people and she's a black woman and she wants to be the DA for Queens and she's like we're just not going to do any of this anymore we're going to go after actual crimes where there are actual victims and fair evasion or like jumping the turnstile at the subway is not a thing that actually has a victim it's a Mm -hmm. victimless crime right who's the victim no one right the city I guess (laughs) because you didn't pay your buck right so you have the power to choose what you do with that position, is my point, mm-hmm. right? You have the power to say, these are things that I care about and these are things I don't care about. These are things that matter to me and these are things that I think we should work on. And Kamala Harris, in that position, chose the wrong way. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Of how <laughs> Grandpa Biden. Um, you know, I was monitoring Twitter and, and, you know, again, everybody perceives everything differently. But even before Kamala went after him, I didn't think Biden was doing particularly well. I didn't. I just either he was playing it safe or he just was very bland and generic. He looked old. Yeah. And then he, as the as the night went on, he really looked kind of old and doddering. And I, you know, as, as objective as we can be, I wasn't terribly impressed. I wasn't even a little bit impressed. I mean, I I went into it not liking him, but I expected him to be like really prepared and kind of fiery the way he was in the vice presidential debates. It was a while ago. And he wasn't fiery or impressive. He looked old and tired. He looked old and tired and confused. Yeah, I know, and I and we don't like Biden, and we don't want him to be the nominee, and he's probably almost dead last on our list because. That aside, I, you know, I don't know if you're an objective person, if you're, if you're not sure and you don't support anybody and you're watching this and oh, wow, Biden really impressed me. Even without the Kamala stuff, I don't see it, but uh-uh. you know, no. everybody sees things differently. I don't know anybody who watched that debate and was like, Biden was really impressive. <laughs> no one um, that I've talked to. Moving on to good old Bernie. Uh, Bernie played the hits. Combed uh, his hair. <laughs> Look, if you like Bernie, Bernie gave you exactly what you came for. The same old stuff. And, you know, we like a lot of that stuff he says. Remember, we were Bernie supporters, but the same old shtick. He was very shouty. He was shouting over other people. He was shouting over the uh, commentators. He was shouty, shouty, shouty. When asked really specific questions about reproductive justice and race. He went to his he old went shtick. directly over that and back to universal health care. And income inequality. He is 
unable to speak to <laughs> can't get out of that box. issues that are specific to people's identity. And when he came out, when he first started running this campaign, once again, he said identity politics are not the way to win this. We have to win it based on income inequality. And when he's asked really specific questions about race and gender, he refuses to answer them because he doesn't think they're important. That's the issue. Yeah. He doesn't actually think that me being a woman makes him different from me. He doesn't think that being black makes life harder than his life, right? He doesn't actually think that's true. And so he's unable to answer those questions in a way that satisfies me in any way. And he just proved it again and again. Yeah. If I, you like Bernie, though, I mean, he just he, did he Bernie. Did, he did Bernie, yeah. At least he he wasn't out attacking everybody. His one line was, this is funny, his one line at the end of the night was, everybody here's got good ideas, but as you can see, things haven't changed. So what we need to do is take on the pharmaceutical companies and take on the oil companies and take on the special interests. It's like, that's another idea, Bernie, and you don't tell us how or by what means or what that looks like or what that means. So, okay. This is why I'm so upset that Elizabeth Warren was not on the same stage yeah. as Bernie Sanders. Because Elizabeth Warren they would be have like, the exact yes, Bernie, you're right, and here's ideas. how we'll do it. Here's exactly how I'm going to do it. What the fuck are you going to do? And he'll be like, I'm going to get people together. And they're going to be mad. Right. He's the Howard Beale, right? Like Howard Beale and Network goes, yes, I don't I'm, I don't know what we're going to do, but first got to get mad and run to your window. Right. I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, That's great. That's great. That's fine. Elizabeth Warren is like, I'm also really fucking mad. And here's a plan. Yeah. Now, we said this about Hillary Clinton, right? She had all the plans. She had binders full of plans. And people keep comparing them. Yeah. And I'm like, this is different. I hope it's different. I think it's different. I don't know, but well, I think so. Well, we'll see. Uh, Mayor Pete. Okay. So, I really, really, really loved his answer on the police shooting in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. We talked about this last week that he was, uh, he, you know, he went to this protest that happened outside of his office and he flubbed it and I will say that I fucked up last week because I was defending him and I was doing that based on the full video that I saw and I I didn't understand all of the context and so I'm doing a mea culpa right now which is what Mayor Pete did but I did not understand the full context of why they were so angry and why they were so angry at him in particular. And I sort of saw it as like they were so angry about this unnecessary death of a black man by a police officer. Mm-hmm. And in and in reality, what I learned when I read more about it was that this is a thing that's been happening and that Mayor Pete has been charged with and has been um, ineffectual about... Uh, the South Bend Police Department. This yeah. is a this is an ongoing struggle it, that the community has it, with him. And he hasn't and, removed the chief of police. And yeah. and and so I apologize for my comments last week because they were uninformed in a way that I would like them to normally be. You didn't have the full context. I didn't. And I was trying to give more context than the little bit of video, but there's even more context outside of that that I was not aware of. So I apologize for that. Um. 
it's a real problem and he has failed to address it mm-hmm. and and i think he was asked about it there's a direct question to him by the moderator about what he's doing about police violence and what he thinks about sort of racial violence uh, uh, from police against people of color and I will say I think he gave the best answer any politician I've seen has ever given and that was one of just straight like I didn't do enough I haven't done enough it's my fault and I understand that it's a problem and it's something that I have not done enough on and I I'm sorry like he didn't do the Biden. He didn't say, well, I've done this and I've done that and I've done... He didn't. He was just like, no, it's really fucked up and it shouldn't be this way and it's my fault. Well, you know what he should do now? He should suspend his campaign and go home to South Bend and fix it. Get a task force, fire the chief of police. Yeah. Do all of that shit. He should do that. Yep. He won't. Yep. But he should. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the candidates and wrap up Thursday night and some really important Supreme Court stuff to talk about. Yeah. We'll be right back. to a reverend testimony we're going to finish up our thoughts on the debates but uh first here's an edition of shit that pissed off rachel and travis over the break (laughs) so joe biden was in damage control mode today yes and because kamala harris is like hey you're a racist you're kind of you kind of have some problems with race so he said oh well i better go out and fix this and much in the way like I don't know, a character from like Michael Scott from The Office or like from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like the funny thing is like I was accused of being a racist and now I'll show you I'm not and then just by it, make it racist. by being super racist and making it 10 times worse. Yes. Oh, and that's what Uncle Joe did today. <sighs> did, you want, did you watch the actual clip? Did I you did. S- Okay, you want to explain it? 
I don't know what the context was exactly. Well, it was him just talking to supporters or donors or something. And he said, we have to think about the next black kid as being the poet laureate and not the gangbanger. Well, he was talking specifically about a kid who's like in a hood, you know, like a hoodie or. Right. A um, kid in the hoodie might be the next poet laureate, not just a gangbanger. <laughs> that's what he said. That's what that's he literal, said. That's literally what he said. Okay. And, and, and in his mind, he's, he's trying to say something very progressive, right? Yes. And oh my God. Can I explain why that's not progressive? <laughs> Do I need to? Is it important to well, explain why? Let's go down the list, Rachel, because it's not one thing. It's not one thing, is it? The The obvious thing that jumps out to me is, um, okay, so now black people are on this gradient with two polar opposite ends of the extreme. You have two choices if you're a black person in the world. You can be a poet laureate, Nobel Prize winner, or you could be a, a gang banging thug. A gang banger. He literally said gang banger, which I don't, I didn't know we were still saying that word now. Oh, oh, oh just uh, can look, old guys. So, no. <laughs> just emphatically, like, no about all of that, but like, All right, all people aren't white. Can we start there? Let's start there. All people who matter are not white. Um, when we talk about black people, we do not need to put them on a spectrum of Audre Lorde and like somebody who committed crimes and was incarcerated those are not the two kinds of black people that exist mm -hmm. black people are an entire population of people they're actual people yeah. that exist yes and that have a range oh yes an entire range of humanity because and, they and, are actual humans and if you get that to know, exists if you get to know enough of them you get to know some of them are into sports some of them are into dungeons and dragons some of them just like to sit at home and play video games. Some of them are like really super. They love to work like 80 hours a week. Like my dad used to for reasons. Some of them are like they to smoke are, weed. Black people are people. They're people. As it turns out. Like everybody else. If you didn't know, and I guess newsflash for anybody who didn't know, black people are people. Actual people just like you who do all of the things that all of the people that you consider people to be people are, which yeah. is the literal entire spectrum of humanity. Yes. Black people are those people too. Yep. So it's not just poet laureate or what, gang banger. Yeah. Those are your two options. Those are your two options. Or I guess like, I don't know, NBA star. <laughs> Uh, What's his other option? A rap rapper or rapper? Why didn't he bring up rapper? Right, let's do rapper, NBA star, poet laureate, and gangbanger. Look, and here, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I won't even play devil's advocate. I'll play devil's 
explainer. If Joe Biden was in the room with us right now, he'd be like, oh, look, this is look, I know that. But what I'm trying to say is if you if if I'm in a room with a with an old white lady or old white dude in Iowa who's skittish about black people, I'm just trying to get them to, you know, think, think things over a little bit. And I'm like, but you're not, but you're doing it wrong. No, you're not. You're not helping. You're not helping. And the reason is that Joe Biden doesn't actually understand who black people are. Has he spent any time with them? Well, there there was that one guy for eight years. Realistic. Right. Right. The perfect black man. (laughs) Right. The perfect black man. He wasn't black at all. Except sometimes occasionally in front of black people. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Black people are the same as the rest of us, as it turns out, right? They have differing opinions about things. Black people are just people, as it turns out. If anybody didn't know that, I guess here's... Hi, black people are just people like the rest of us. They have different opinions on all kinds of things. Everything that you have different opinions on. They are just people. And they are not just poet laureates, athletes, rappers, and gangbangers. Right? Mm-hmm. They run the gamut of everything that every other person is. And why I have a problem with Joe Biden on this is that he doesn't seem to understand that. Well, he's he's from like the Paleolithic era, right? He's a fossil. He's and I don't mean that to be ageist. I mean like his views and his attitudes are just they're in a place that the progressive movement, the Democratic Party is like we're we're light years away from that. We're Well, and when he's asked about it, when he's called to the carpet to talk about some of the policies that he enacted back in the day, and we can make excuses for him all day long. Well, that's how it was back then. I'm not, I'm not making a, an excuse We can even. make excuses. What he needs to do is say, oh my God, right? I did that. Fuck. That was awful. The world is different and I'm I need different to catch now. up. I'm different now. That was horrible and you're right. You're right. That was bad. That was awful and I shouldn't have done that and I, I disagree with that now. I, I was... I was a younger man. I was a stupider man. I didn't understand things the way I understand them now. And now I understand the world to be different. And and I am different. But he doesn't do that. What he did in the debate when Kamala Harris called him out on the anti-busing thing. I have a literal letter from him, signed by him, talking about his support for the anti-busing legislation. It is signed by him. Like wet signed, right? Mm-hmm. As we lawyers call it. Wet signed, meaning he put pen to paper and signed a letter. And research too, yeah. And when she called him out on that and said, hey, right? He had an opportunity there to say, yeah, that was really fucked up. You know, I understood the world differently back then and I understand it differently now. And I would not sign that now. I would not have written that letter now. I would I would never, I, in fact... I would go against someone who would write that letter today. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't do that. Because he doesn't find his indefensible history indefensible. He He finds it entirely defensible. He says either, no, it's fine, or it wasn't my fault. Yes. That's his his out. His attempted out. And it's not. 
Um, anyway, so I mean, that is not going to get enough press, and it's not going to enough press where last night he sounded like the doddering old man where they. Chuck Todd went around the room because Chuck Todd has this weird fetish for give me a one word answer like yeah. this party game. Yeah. Like and he was like first thing you would do is And then they get mad at the candidates for not giving one word answers. And I know, like, it's I'm a really complex question. Right. But anyway Chuck, anyway, Chuck Todd asked everybody what is your first thing you would do as president? And Joe Biden says defeat Donald Trump. And it's like, oh, Grandpa, come no, on. No, you man. already did that, man. <laughs> After you do that, then what do you did, do? Did you not listen? Did you not listen to the question? Or, he or, just seems old. Yeah. And I don't mean that to be ageist. I mean that to, to mean like some people who are 79 or whatever age he is, <laughs> right, might be able to do his job, but he can't. He, he didn't listen to the question. I, he's fucking, I'm sorry. I'll just defend everybody. He's too old. Well, Bernie doesn't sound like he's getting too old. He's just like a broken record. Yes, he's st- he's right. as he's as sharp as he was, you know, four years ago yep. with the same shtick. Yep. So I won't, you yep. know, it's not. It's like, not about age, I guess. That's right, true. Right? Right. Like Bernie didn't seem old. He just seemed like God again with this bullshit. Yeah. Right. But he didn't seem like Biden. Biden seemed confused. He seemed mad. He seemed defensive. He yeah. seemed a lot of things. And Bernie was just like. I'm going to say the same thing I've always said, right? right? And everyone was like, yeah, do that. And he did, and it was like, ugh. All right, All right. Let, let's move let's on move and on. talk about the rest of the candidates. Uh, Gillibrand. All right. I'm going to ask you your thoughts first. On Gillibrand? Yeah. Nothing stood out. I, she tried. She tried to interrupt a lot. She tried to... Yep. To get on the board to score points, she yep. she highlighted some of her um, her stuff she's done for reproductive rights, which is great. She's got a checkered history, though. She was uh, on the wrong side of LGBT stuff for a while, and then she she did come around, which is fine. And you know, we think t- also a prosecutor, if I'm not wrong. I think she um, was another former prosecutor. But yes. Also, I would say I was talking to my mom last night because talked to my folks. Um, which is always a, a gold mine of what is happening. Well, surprise to me, they watched both debates they in full. They watched both debates in full. Which is I, strange, I don't know. And I really wanted to talk to my mom about Marianne Williamson, which we'll get to in a minute. But my mom described Kirsten Gillibrand as evil. That's weird to me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? And she's like, maybe that's not the right word. I just really don't like her. Okay. And I was like... Um, yeah, but it would, I can't tell if that's me or her. I don't know. I can't tell if that's just like I don't. Here's the thing: when Kirsten Gillibrand was a senator out of New York who took Hillary Clinton's Senate seat, and she did a lot of really good work yep. around sexual assault in the military yep. mm-hmm. and sexual assault on college campuses. Yes, she was kind of my hero. She's one of the pioneers she, of changing I mean, a lot of that way stuff. Way back in the day, way before Me Too, she was like, this she was is on bullshit. Mm-hmm. She was on it and she was like... And she deserves credit for that. Goddamn right she does. Do I think she should run for president? No. Um, but you could see why she would get in the race I, in 2018. Yes, I do. See? 2019. And when she was on that stage, I was like... <sighs> She didn't. She didn't do the things she used to do, right? When she yeah. was really passionate about sexual assault in the military or sexual assault on 
campuses. She was strong she was, and compelling. Yeah. And it's and like, like the Booker thing almost. Like she's this new animal. Not She's no longer Senator, yeah. fiery Senator Gillibrand. She's po- presidential candidate Gillibrand. And, and maybe it's not that's working. Just, maybe that's just unfair. Maybe it's just comparing her to other people. And the, the, I don't know, the but like, I, I didn't find her compelling. I, you know, people criticized her a lot for jumping in and, and talking over other people and trying to get her message across. Well, I don't fault her for that. No, like, when I you're polling at 2%, that's I what don't. you do. And also, like, the men got a lot more time to talk than the women on Thursday. So it's Kinda okay like yeah. for me that she was like, I have something to say. There's also a point where it's like, look, they're going to get to you. Stop. Because it became a thing where Kamala Harris said to be like, yo, they're not looking for a food fight. They're looking who's going to put food on the table. Right. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was planned or not, but it was a a good hit. It was. It was. Because everyone was just yelling. Because she knew that was going to happen. All at once, everyone was yelling. But here's the thing. They all shut up for her. No, they did. (laughs) I was like, okay, you you all want to help Kamala. Okay. It was a great moment. But uh, all right, we'll move okay, on. Okay, so I don't, so I don't love her, and I, you know, I'm not sure if that's because of her, or because of me. Yeah, our very own Senator Michael Bennett. Oh my God, they kept giving him so much time. <laughs> it seemed that, that way. Maybe it probably, maybe it wasn't that way, but it seemed every like time it. they were like, "I'm gonna put this question to you, Michael Bennett." I was like, "Why? <laughs> Why? No, nobody cares." I don't remember much of what he said, except for he Ugh. did a lot of "I agree with what this guy said" or "I agree with what he that was person said." Sucking. Biden. Joe Biden yeah. sticks so hard. He wants a VP nod. He wants I guess. a VP nod for Joe Biden so Ugh. bad. God, and what would the point of that be? Right. Of course. What was the point of Hillary bringing on Tim Kaine? What mm. was in a safe state from Virginia, the blandest guy you can imagine? What good no, was that? The only reason he's running is to be like, I'll be your VP, oh, and like nobody God. cares. He literally said almost nothing. I mean, I'm sorry. I know, don't remember a thing he said. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Isn't that important? I remember I, I, what think, Marianne Williamson said, and I don't remember what I, I, Michael Bennett said. Uh, yeah, because it was like bizarre. Three times the speaking time that she had. Oh yeah, yeah. right. But he said, uh, "God, I'm trying to remember one thing he said." I remember like being like, "Yeah, that's fine. I agree with that, I guess." And then him saying, "I agree with Biden," or "I agree with whoever." And that's it. Harris, I agree Let's with. Let's move on. Who cares? He'll Everyone be, who he'll, cares. They'll be Nobody done in a cares. month or two. Uh, Marianne Williamson, this is interesting because okay. I I, I want to give you my impressions first as somebody yes. who doesn't, doesn't know, know anything, anything about her other than from me. Uh, okay, you you might not like this. My impression is this lady's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what is she talking about? I heard. We're not going to beat Donald Trump with plans. We're going to beat him with slogans. And I have the and slogans love. and the good, the feel good slogans. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And then I heard her say something to the effect of, um, we, we can't, we can't accomplish anything through the normal discourse and something with our feelings and spirit. And I'm just like, I no, can't. we have to have love. We're going to achieve it through love and love will beat everything. That's like, so, so she took like the last line of star Wars, the last Jedi and said, Ooh, that's a good campaign theme. I mean, look, I read this article today that said that like the Google searches of who the fuck is Marianne Williamson were like skyrocketing. It was the <laughs> yeah. number one thing people were searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I was talking to my mom because my mom like is the reason I know who this person is, right? My mom doesn't vote for Democrats, but she loves Marianne Williamson. And I was like, how do you feel about this? Like, honestly, how the fuck do you feel about this? Like, this is crazy. And she was like, I liked what she had to say about how, like, you know, we're not going to get through this period of time with with specific policy plans that, like, we have a greater obstacle to tackle. And that is why we are where we are. And I was like, I totally agree with you. And she's like, okay. why we are where we are is that like we are so divisive and, and there's so much hate in the world. And like Marianne Williamson agrees that like we have to address that fundamental initial harm before we can address anything else. And I was like, I agree with you. Like, I agree that that's true. I don't think Marianne Williamson necessarily is the person to do it. And she was like, me either. Not as president. But, like, that's a thing we have to do. And she was like, yeah, I think it is. She's like, I think that, like, we are broken as a people. And we have to, like, figure out how to heal ourselves. So, like, a a cabinet post for the... Know. spiritual well-being I mean, of america like knows, i don't but know like, that's one? not that's not wrong no i'm serious though like what, I mean, what if you but, did like, something like but that but what my mom is saying and what i agree with is like that's not entirely wrong i, I know we but we have but, to uh, deal with the institutional trauma the historical trauma of our country yes and i'm glad to, she brought up reparations she was the only yeah, one that did the only one but, and like but that me, shit it like but it's not just about reparations it's about actually addressing uh, hold on how the do you historic trauma of what okay. we have done i agree right? how do you take that and put it into something practical and pragmatic and effective do you make this is what i'm asking mm-hmm. let's say you're your president uh warren do you make marianne williamson head of the new cabinet position that you uh made up as the uh department of the united states spiritual healing <laughs> i mean i'm serious like is there a space for her in government not as president but like so like do we need a a do we does the nation need a self-help guru in some capacity and can we make that happen within the confines of government Look, you're going to laugh at me, but I don't know that we don't need that. I, I'm not being facetious. I'm being I'm, serious. I don't know that we don't need somebody to come in and be like, yo, this shit is fucking broken. And y'all are broken. Look, the Republicans. And we need to fix this. The Republicans did it with the, you know, the the cabinet of Christianity, Jesus, whatever. Like, right. Let's do that with some non-denominational woo-woo spiritual Oprah She's book of the month bitch shit, for man. God, is what she says, which is problematic. I, I have no problem with that. If, I... if, if, if Warren or Harris or whoever wins and they want to make Marion Williamson the the spiritual healings are, I'm fine with it. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be a joke. I'm not trying to, like, say that Marianne Williamson should be the president. Well, she's not gonna. But I also, but... like, don't disagree with her anything she has to say about our nation's fundamental problems. Uh, and that is my question. Is, is there a place for Marion Williams in William Williamson, Williamson in government? I don't I don't know that that is that's a thing. Okay. I have no idea. All right. Moving on. But then. she's not wrong, that's all I'm saying. She's not, but I don't think she's gonna make the next Obviously debate. no. 
Uh, Eric Swalwell. Oh my God. I kind of love him because he was just like, pass the fucking torch. Yeah, he went after Biden. He was the, everybody's talking about Kamala, but he went after Biden right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and Pass the it, fucking torch, it, man. Get out We're of the way, old man. We're ready for you to be done, old man. Yeah. Old men, in general. He, uh, I think Swalwell did fine, but he obviously looks green and learning on the job yeah. and a little stiff yeah. and a little yeah. nervous. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, he's not going to be the president. No, but he's but, got a good future. I, I you know, right. He's got a fine... He's got a bright future, mm-hmm. and I don't think his message goes unnoticed by those of us who think the fucking torch should be fucking passed already. Yeah, so he did fine. He's not, you know, he's, he, he, he's he'll flame out, but yeah. he's fine. Yeah. Um, maybe run for Senate at some point. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Yang. Uh, I like that Andrew Yang is in the race. Uh, unless he tie. unless he goes crazy <laughs> and decides to play spoiler and siphons off that two percent to get them to vote for third party or something, which I don't think he's gonna do. But yeah, he's from he is even more left field than Marion Williamson. Look, he's not wrong either. He's not wrong about anything. Of course, you know we know this shit's never gonna happen. But he said like, you know how to build the economy? You give everybody a thousand bucks a month for free. Everybody across the board, and that would blow up the economy in a good way, and it would spur, like, it would just launch our economy. Tremendous economic opportunity. And it would be, and the flip side of that is we could then survive and all thrive in the inevitable coming automated world that's happening. And he is absolutely right about all of this. So I was talking to my dad about this. My dad was asking me about him, and I was like, look, you know, he seems like a wackadoo. I understand that. But do you think he's wrong? And my dad was like, no. And I was like, because, like, he's ahead of his time, I feel. Your dad knows but your, your are we a- waiting for when all the jobs are gone for his idea to be implemented? Or do we want to implement it before everybody's in crisis? Look, your, your dad, didn't your dad run a long-haul shipping company? He was a truck driver. Oh, he was a driver? Yes. Okay, so he knows within five but to ten years. his own company as a driver he he knows mm-hmm. that in five to ten years you're gonna see like drones and shit are taking that shit over he doesn't he's not necessary automated absolutely long haul trucks yes big rigs automated and why wouldn't you because they don't have to sleep right mm-hmm. you know absolutely they're not gonna you know look my dad agreed with me I, I, I was like, look, I know he seems like a wackadoo right now. And you hate the idea of just giving people money. But he's not wrong. And my dad was like, yeah. He's never going to win, but he's not wrong. And I was like, he's not wrong. And there there are only so many jobs for the technicians to keep the, the automated whatever on the road. So yep. he is not wrong. No, my dad was like, he's not wrong. And I was like, and if you gave... This is the same conversation I had with a coworker of mine, which was, she was like, you know, as much as I love Elizabeth Warren and I love Bernie Sanders, this idea of like, you know, canceling student loans is crazy, right? So I explained to her the very basic facts of what most of our generation is doing in terms of student loans, which is most of us owe like, Thirty to seventy thousand dollars in student loan debt. We can't pay it. We can't buy houses, not because we don't want to. Millennials aren't ruining housing because we don't want to buy a house, and we love living with our parents. It's because we can't fucking afford it. 
explained the whole thing to her and she was like, oh, fuck. Well, then, yeah, I'm for it. Yeah. Of course. And she was talking about, like, her daughter who got her nursing certificate and it cost her $12,000 total, right? And that's a, that's a thing that she could pay back. And I was like, yeah, if people owe $12,000, like... That's a thing we could pay back. Most of us are looking at more like $60,000, right? So, yeah. And she was like, holy shit, I didn't know that, right? I would not mind seeing Yang head uh, head up, but like be involved in the Department of Labor. Um, right. Have Same. some kind of gig I mean, like that. The and guy's I, not wrong. No. He's absolutely right. It's just he's too ahead of his time. He is, he is. And he comes across kind of as a weirdo and, you know, but I'm glad he's in the race. You didn't wear a tie. And last... Everyone was very upset. Last and least... Le- very least. <laughs> our John Hickenlooper. John Hickenlooper. <laughs> Somebody posted his picture on Twitter and was like... Who's this? Who the fuck? And I'm seriously asking, is this? And I was like, I'm oh, from Colorado and Hick. I don't even know. Uh, why, why are you running, Hick? He got asked very few questions. Michael Bennett got asked a lot more. He like... Well, Bennett came out, is a sitting senator, at least. Hick is a former governor. Hick was like, I've already... So this is this is the two things I take away from the old white men, is uh, Biden and Hick and Looper both were like, I've already done it. Right? And, and to his credit, so, Hick is right about a lot of the things he's done. But right. he also was off about some of the things he claimed. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about some of the criminal justice stuff? Okay. Because well, Hick, Hick was trying to talk up how progressive Colorado is on criminal justice. And oh, about that. And oh, about that, that happened this term. Yeah. And he's not the governor anymore. Oh, sure. But that was all going on under him. This is, you know, for years and years... It couldn't. We've been dealing with right. This. So, but Hick and Looper did the same thing that Joe Biden did, which is take a lot of credit for things he had nothing to do with. Um, yeah, I didn't even get to that about Biden, but yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Biden took credit for everything Obama did as right, he and he said, "I did this, I did I this, did that. I did that," and you're like, "No, you fucking didn't, man. You're the vice president. Which or, means you have yeah. literally no power." What did Benjamin Franklin call it? The um, Oh, God, it's so good. It's the, like, uh, superfluous um, something, right? Mm -hmm. It's the perfect term for the vice president, which is you literally do nothing. You wait around until someone dies. I would say Biden did more than nothing. I I, I think he was involved in crafting Obamacare and selling it. take credit. And keeping the Senate in line and getting it passed, like... But, no, he did not write the friggin' thing, and he did not... And Kirsten Gillibrand was like... Hello, I wrote the piece of that that he's taking credit for. <laughs> yeah. And like she looks like an asshole, but that's true. That's true. If I looked it up and I was like, oh no, she did. But she no- actually did write the piece that he's talking about and taking credit for. She fucking wrote it. But nobody's gonna remember that. No. Yeah. Uh you know So anyway, Hick Hick is doing this thing where he's like, I was the governor, and governors used to win presidencies. Because <laughs> okay. people used to think that mattered. And he's like, oh, he said, I, and I governor is kind of like gas. a mini president. Yes. Yeah. I worked with oil and gas. And if you know anything about our state, if you listen to this podcast ever, you know that oil and gas um, has its long arm up the asses of every person who is a politician in the state. Mm-hmm. So Hickenlooper was no uh, exception to that. No. And 
his, you know, they asked him really specifically, like, you know, you talk about working with oil and gas to regulate oil and gas. Like, how is that going to work? And he talked about, like, how he, like, reached across the aisle and, like, worked with oil and gas and with local activists. And he didn't do any of that. That's all bullshit. Oil and gas runs this fucking state. It does whatever it wants to do. It throws enough money at any political problem that it wants to throw at that it loses in no matter what way yeah. it is presented. It's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, so they just get swamped. Hickenlooper being like, I worked with oil and gas is sort of like, imagine if like oil and gas's hand is up his ass and <laughs> he's their puppet yeah. and they're running his mouth. That's how he worked with oil and gas. So... That's just the that's just the case for anyone who lives in Colorado. We're wasting too much time talking about Hicken Looper. He's not gonna last another <laughs> couple couple months. He's done. Um, but you know, one more thing on Biden. Like it seems like he's just staying afloat by yelling, "I was Obama's VP. I was Obama's yes. VP. I was Obama's VP." Yeah. And that'll fly for a little while. That'll keep him afloat at least. But like eventually. People are going to be like, even his supporters right now are going to be like, dude, we need to know what you're about. What's your story? What have you supported? Because this is oh. what. Yeah. Yeah. Those things? Oh. Well, it's not just that. You wrote the crime bill. It's not just Oh, even, you, <laughs> right? I it's mean, not even the negative stuff. It's like, he's got to define himself. And the only thing, last night he was either A, on the defense or B, how dare you impugn the great Obama administration? Right. And like I said, yeah, that that shield will hold up for a while. But eventually, like, dude, we you, you got to sell us you. It can't just be I was dude, Obama's boy. you're not boy. Obama. You'll never be Barack Obama. It's like if you have a wingman in a bar and they're helping and you're like, oh, this is good. Like, this is good. And then, like, you're like, your wingman is like, okay, I'm going to go now. You guys have fun. And you're like, no, 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 don't leave. <laughs> Don't leave. You need to actually come back to my apartment. And show me what to do. And then stand in the room and then, like, take her clothes off and then, like, tell me what to do next because I literally don't know what I'm doing. Or she wants, no, she's not going to like she's me. She's not going to like me if you're not here. Yeah. So, like, you have to stay with me the whole night. She actually wants to fuck you, but I'm going to try to do it. So you stay here. If you leave, I'm done. If you yeah. leave, she's out. Yeah. Right? Like That's Biden. Cyrano de Bergerac, a little. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so you, I know you come here for the best metaphors. <laughs> that was a pretty good one, though. All right, we only got, we have less than 15 minutes. I, we got to talk about the Supreme Court for a little bit. Okay. Two big decisions came down yesterday, Wednesday. <sighs> I think it was Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. Um, very consequential. One was five to four. They basically said, ah, we're not going to touch gerrymandering, whatever. Uh, that's bad. That's really, 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 really bad. Uh, especially when it comes to uh, state maps and the congressional house map. Can we talk about how it's not just like real bad, but actually like maybe destabilizing of the entire federal government? Yeah, go ahead. So... Gerrymandering is a thing that Republicans and Democrats alike. Oh yeah, we like do it. Do. Uh, Re Republicans do it a little more wild and unabashed than. Yeah, they're do. like not ashamed of it at all. Yeah, right? we we try to hide it a little and make yeah, it. Yeah, we try look... to be like, well, there's a reason for it, right? Even if it's bullshit. Yeah, 
Republicans they... just draw districts that look like snakes strangling themselves. Yes, because they want to dilute the black vote. Let's yes. just be honest about what gerrymandering the is. The black and Latino vote. Yes. So the whole point of gerrymandering is when you have urban areas, you want to dilute them. Because urban, right, means black and brown people. Yes. So you try to dilute those areas by making a district where a section of a city is also in the same voting district as a rural part of the district. Mm -hmm. So that that 12% of black and brown voters and or, quote, urban voters are in the same district as someone who is in a farmland, let's say, in Colorado, for example. What that does is when you take 12% of black people here and 12% of them there and 12% of them there, you dilute the black vote and so that people who live in these rural areas who have like 12 people, but then you put like 12% of the black people with them, their vote doesn't matter. Right. So Republicans win. That's the point. The point is to dilute the black vote. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that's a problem, except Republicans. So it got brought to the, the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court <laughs> and the Supreme Court said, the federal court has no jurisdiction over this, and it should be left to the states. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're kind of fucked. No, we're not kind of fucked. We're totally fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I haven't been really vocal about this or talked about it much because it's akin to overturning Roe for me. Um, The Supreme Court coming down on the side of gerrymandering and saying that the federal court system has no jurisdiction to do anything, right, is very much similar to the Supreme Court saying that the Voting Rights Act doesn't matter anymore. You know, um, if we were as ruthless as them, Rachel, what are two of the biggest states in in the country, California and New York, we could draw up insane fucking maps and basically shut them out of Congress. And we could we could run up the score with new house districts in those states in every big democratically controlled state. Uh we could do that, but we won't because we're not as ruthless as them. Like, we could take this and really fuck them with it. And yet, like, we already control New York and California. So this isn't about New York and California. This is about... I know, know, but my point is we could redraw the maps to just completely shut Republicans out. Completely, and they would have no voice in any government in every blue state that exists. That's what they've done. So it's not just about shutting out black people it's what it's really about but it's not just that like right we can now maintain control of entire state governments um with no democracy of places where like in colorado there are a significant number of people who don't agree with me and i am now allowed to draw that map however i want are, and the, the the federal courts are no longer able to do anything about it. Our, our one chance to fix this, and yeah. it, it might only be temporary, in my opinion. And, and there's there's a bunch of people out there who's like, we could do this and this and that, and it's like a 20-point thing to try to mitigate this, <laughs> right? So I'm not saying it's completely hopeless, but it's pretty damn near there. 
uh, if we are able to get the Senate back and hold the House and win the presidency, we could pass a law. Because that yep. is what the Supreme Court said, yep. is that it's up to legislators, right? Yep. Uh, of course, it could go to the Supreme Court and they could just turn around and be like, no, we don't like that law. Gerrymandering's fine. But, you know, so that's kind of it. So the- I don't want to be an asshole. But fucking elections matter. And so when Donald Trump became president, it wasn't just the rapist in chief, right, who does all these bad things. It also cost us the court. Mm -hmm. And the court has made a couple of really disastrous decisions and will continue to make them. And there's plenty more coming down the pike. And there's nothing we can do about that now because we made a choice to not vote or we made a choice to vote third party or we made a choice that didn't help us. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm... I'm sort of at my wit's end about this because there's nothing I can do. I can't make Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch not be on the court. Mm-hmm. When we elected Donald Trump, that's what happens. Well, one But thing- this is the thing that needs to be understood. Yeah. Is that Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh are a direct result, right, of how you voted and if you voted. So there was only one question about the Supreme Court last night. Or I think Bernie just brought up court packing and Bernie said, no, I wouldn't do that. I don't know why he said that. But again, that's part and parcel of if the roles were reversed, you get better Republican president would pack the court. They bring in five new justices to to turn the balance. Absolutely. FDR threatened to do it back in the day. Yeah. Ultimately, he didn't. But they talked him out of it. But we may be in that position. And I mean. You and I had a long argument in the car about a year ago about the fact that I think we should pack the courts. I don't remember that argument, but I'm certainly for it now. Yeah, and you were like, we can't do that. They're never going to do it. And I was like, we have to. There is no other option or we're going to lose Roe. We're going to lose everything if we don't pack the courts. So it it is is no longer... Look, I'm not trying to shame all y'all who didn't vote or voted the wrong way or whatever, but like... Let's be clear about the fact that that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we need to elect people who are willing to um, pack the courts for the sake of the republic. And that means that we don't have nine justices anymore. Yeah. Maybe we have 11. Maybe we have 13, right? Yeah. And that's because our very democracy is at stake. Let's talk about the other decision that came down. And this was five to four that basically said, no, we we don't buy the argument for the census citizenship question being asked. Now, a lot of people think that it's done because the the government has said that the census has to be printed like by in the next two days. But I'm not so sure this one is over and it's complicated to get into. But and Trump is what Trump is trying to do now is delay the census, which is I don't that's. Unconstitutional on its face. Uh, The census must happen. Yeah. Must happen. Right? Well, unless Roberts says it doesn't. (laughs) I mean, seriously. What if Roberts just says... Well, eh. it's not a question being brought before the court. It's a... That I know of, right? Like, 
the, well, so it, the Supreme Court so just if, if it, you weren't following it, it wouldn't pass the house the granted. Supreme Court said that the census uh, cannot have a question about people's immigration status when they're asking about who lives where mm-hmm. that's super important because we need to know how many people are in this country mm-hmm. um, because that's how we draw voting districts right which doesn't actually matter anymore because of the <laughs> other opinion but right let's imagine it does still um, well it's not just voting districts it's it's lots of things yeah mostly that but anyway um, so the Trump administration tried to bring forth a a question of where your citizenship was. If you were an illegal citizen, they weren't going to count you, essentially. And, and got busted that, on its face that this is just to... They tried to argue that it was about uh, making Upholding the census, this, the Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act. <laughs> and then there was right. this email that was like, hey, we can disclude a bunch of Mexicans <laughs> if, we did, if we put this question in. Yeah. And it got shown to the Supreme Court last minute. And, and, and Robert Robert's was like, like, we really mm. shouldn't have considered this, but... Uh. Then this thing came out. You shouldn't really write an email being like, hi, I'm a racist and I hate Mexicans. <laughs> and then the Supreme Court gets a hold of it and they're like, well, everything you said in court's obviously bullshit. So anyway, uh, they were like, no, you can't ask that question on the census. The census is just about counting people. That's it. But he said, like, give us give us a better reason. So they could have an emergency session, I guess, in a couple months. Nah, it, it's not going to go. I, it won't be on the 2020 census. I'm not convinced of that. I don't think it will be. I'm not convinced of that. I don't think it matters to some degree. Well, because of the other decision, you might be right. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody sits <laughs> Trump down and be like, hey, don't worry. We got gerrymandering forever. It's cool. Nobody's so, ever going to stop us, so we yeah. can literally draw whatever district. We can just make people not be able to vote. Yeah, which uh, we didn't even get to what happened in Florida to that end. But, um, yeah, and that's So gonna, many things. So many things to. we didn't get to, but what else is new? A woman <laughs> was shot in the stomach and then charged with the murder of her fetus. In Alabama. Oh, yeah, we've got to get to that. At some point, uh, maybe we'll do, I don't know, supplemental podcasts yeah. at some point this week. Probably not, but we'd like to if we could. If Hopefully. we had all the time. If anybody wants to pay us to do a daily podcast, then <laughs> we're down. Okay, uh, that's it for th- this week. Check us out on Twitter, at irreverentdoirreverentestimony at gmail.com. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.